This is the Championship Chat Podcast, your home of news, views and debate from England's second tier. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Championship Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Jackson, and I'm joined, as always, by George Smith. George, how are you doing? I'm very well, mate. How's things at your end? Yes, all good. Uh, Off for three weeks now, as we record today. I'm having a, a bit of a summer break after four days off this calendar year, so I'm looking forward to that. Quite obviously, Blackburn are going to appoint their new manager within that period. I thought, you know what I thought, second week of June, I'd be safe. Didn't expect the, the, the recruitment process to take six going on seven weeks. So, unfortunately, I'm going to miss some of that, unless it happens at the early part of this week before I fly off to Morocco. Uh, but I'm looking forward to a nice break before the pre-season games start. Literally in a month, uh, less than a month before Blackburn's first pre-season game at Accrington Stanley on the 9th of July. So, it's going to be coming back. Uh, very soon, thick and fast. Have you got anything fun going on in your life? Not really, mate. Not at all. All very boring at this end, working away. Unfortunately, some of us can't uh, cram three weeks together off at once. I've got seven weeks of holiday you have to use this year, prior to obviously going away. So if, I, if I've got it, I'm going to be having a fair bit of holiday in this second half of the year, because otherwise I'll lose it. I don't, and nobody wants that. No one wants to have to work of course more they than don't. they have to. Um, but yeah, Blackburn keeping me on my toes in the last six or seven weeks. But we're going to look at the rest of the championship because in today's pod, we're going to be doing a review of our pre-season predictions from the 21-22 picks. There's some absolute corkers in there. I'm delighted to say we both have got one prediction bang on the money, um, which is quite alarming for a podcast that claims to specialise in championship knowledge. One out of 24. Good ratio, that. We're going to have a a good laugh having a look back over the next hour or so. So... uh, I'll just point you in the in the direction of making sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at ChampChatPod24 and make sure you are subscribed to this podcast feed, which you can find on all your usual platforms. This is the Championship Chat Podcast. So, George, I think this is the first time we've done one of these. So I think the best way to do it is have a look at what our top six was first and foremost. Obviously, compare that to what the actual top six was. Um, and do the same at the bottom and then sort of pick out any outliers because there are a few in the middle of the pack as well where we, we got some of them horribly wrong. Um, so my top six, I had West Brom to win the championship. They finished 10th. I had Sheffield United to come second. They finished fifth. Fulham to finish third. They finished first. Uh, Bournemouth to finish second. Uh, to finish fourth, sorry, and they finished second. Middlesbrough fifth. They finished seventh. And then Queen's Park Rangers in sixth, they finished 11th. Now, I don't feel that bad about my top six predictions, albeit only three of the six finished in the top six. But I think at one point or another, all six of those teams will look likely to finish in the top six. West Brom, up until February, where they just fell apart, were pretty nailed on for a top six spot. So... Yeah, they finished 10th and were pretty awful for the final third of the season, but I don't think it was a horrific shout. Um, obviously, Sheffield United started badly but recovered and finished fifth. Fulham went up, Bournemouth second. Middlesbrough flirted with the playoffs, certainly, uh, after Chris Wilder came in, finished seventh in the end. I had them fifth. Again, I don't think it was horrific. And QPR, although they finished 11th, they were actually, what, two points off automatic promotion in, in February or at the start of February. So, again, it was a massive collapse that saw them fall 11th. So, I don't feel horrifically bad about my top six picks. In terms of the teams that obviously got there that I didn't have, I had Luton in eighth. They finished sixth. Again, not too bad at all. 
Um, and again, Luton were, what, 15th in, on January the 1st or 16th. So they made up some ground. So again, 8th wasn't too far off with them. Forest I had in 10th, um, but that was when Chris Hewitt was in charge. They finished 4th, of course. And then the big, big outlier that we all got wrong, um, I had Huddersfield Town to finish 21st and they finished 3rd. And I had to listen back to the podcast earlier of what to see what I sort of said. And bearing in mind, I covered Huddersfield in pre-season. So probably they were the one team I was probably most clued up on in terms of the team I'd watched the most going into the season because I covered them in pre-season. And I said goals, goals and creativity were a problem and a worry. You have to remember that this was the defence that had conceded the most goals in the championship the year before. We didn't know anything about Levi Colwell. We didn't know about... We didn't know Matty Pearson and Tom Lees were going to raise their levels from being average championship defenders from the previous couple of seasons. We didn't know Lee Nichols was going to be the inspiration he was. Um, and I can I stand by why I thought goals and creativity were going to be a concern because Sorba Thomas had played a little bit in pre-season and looked bright, but he wasn't probably going to be in that starting eleven on the opening day until both left-backs got COVID. And so they changed formation, went 3-5-2, and he played at left wing back and played brilliantly and then stayed in the team ever since. And I specifically said you can't rely on Jordan Rose and Fraser Campbell and Danny Ward to score you enough goals. Well, I was right with two of those. But the reason I, I said that with Danny Ward in particular is because he's he, I, I, my literal quote was, he's made of glass, which in the prior couple of seasons he absolutely had been I think Danny Ward I've always liked Danny Ward so I'm not just doing a U-turn but he hadn't been fit for two years he, like he, I don't think he got 30 he's not even probably got 20 starts in the previous two seasons in the championship so to expect him to lead the line and get double figures as he did I always thought he was capable of that but getting him on the pitch was the big concern so yes we got I got orders feel badly wrong I don't think anyone could have really foreseen the the defensive improvement to that sort of level that we saw under Carlos Corber and we didn't know as I say about a lot of the about Nichols and Colwell no one really would have done um or and we hadn't seen any sort of examples of where Corber had lifted a player's level way above where they were in terms of like Tom Lees and Matty Pearson either so I don't feel that bad about it even though they finished third and I had them fourth from bottom does that make any sort of sense well, I mean, at the start of the season, there wasn't a lot to look at Huddersfield and think they were going to be pushing too high up the table, let alone automatic promotion. So I, I don't think anybody, when we made these predictions in July last last year, I don't think anybody could have really criticised us too much for thinking what we did because I might as well open it up now and admit I also had Huddersfield in 21st place. So we have been left with egg on our faces at this prediction, but Let's be honest, at the start of, well, the very start of the season, wasn't it? Obviously, the League Cup first round took place for Huddersfield before the league season started for them. And the, the business wasn't overly inspiring. I don't mean that to be harsh and disrespectful to the players that they brought in, but they weren't players that you would have accustomed with pushing for the top end of the championship. Obviously, Lee Nichols had come in after struggling to get a game in League One. Tom Lees and Jordan Rhodes had just both been relegated with Sheffield Wednesday off the back of four seasons individually and collectively. And Matty Pearson was a stable, solid signing. Levi Colwell's a complete unknown. So I think I think we were within our rights to predict what we did. And Huddersfield, of course, the season prior had been absolutely shambolic defensively and been leaking goals all over the place. And 
like you said there, up front, you wouldn't have considered the three strikers you mentioned to be banging the goals in. So I just don't think it really should be criticised too much for what we thought. Obviously, Huddersfield defied expectations more than anyone could have ever imagined. It was probably one of the most fairy tale scenes we've seen in Championship history, even though they obviously didn't get the end goal of achieving promotion. But like I said, the business at the very start of the season, it, it was uninspiring, in my opinion. It certainly didn't replicate and recognise as a team that was going to go on and push for automatic promotion. So personally, I, I wouldn't be too disheartened by listening back to that and going for what we did. So what did you go with? Well, top six, I went for Bournemouth to win the league. They obviously finished in second. I went for West Brom in second and they finished 10th. Fulham in third, they obviously won the league. Sheffield United, I went for fourth. They obviously narrowly uh, avoided, uh, missed out on that and got fifth. Fifth, I went QPR. They came 11th. And in sixth, I went for Stoke City, who had uh, finished in 14th. So, like you, I got three of the six correct. So, we both got a 50% score on that one. And I think out of my top six, I think probably Stoke will be the least disappointed. Obviously, QPR, they'll be disappointed they finished 11th, but they certainly enjoyed a better season overall than what Stoke City did. Stoke, obviously, flirted a little bit, but fell away long before QPR did. So, I think they're the biggest team that will be disappointed with that. Obviously, West Brom, Brom, they obviously had a bit of a playoff charge. They started the season reasonably well, but then obviously came that complete collapse and just no recognisable style. And obviously, Valerie and Ismail's tenure ended on a sour note. Steve Bruce was hit and miss with results, even though they did improve towards the end of the season. But for me, I think Stoke, obviously, were the, the most disappointed out of that lot. And just looking back at the notes that I made for this in July last year, Stoke, I put a surprise maybe to finish sixth, considering they've finished 16th, 15th and 14th in the last three seasons of minimal progress. So it's now four seasons in a row of 16th, 15th and two 14th place finishes. So they've really got to kick on in the summer and do something special to get out of this kind of a mini rut that they're in of just finishing mid-table. So I think looking back, not too bad in my predictions. Obviously, I think I seem to recall that you and our former colleague, Mr. Tom Coates, were rather shocked when I went for Bournemouth to win the league. I, was, I didn't have them fourth, but I didn't think they'd win the yeah, league over the three teams. And I, and bearing in mind, I made that predict. I made that prediction. It says in my notes, keeping on out Dan Juma will be key. So they'd still got him at that point. So I think that's testament to what Bournemouth did, the fact that they obviously lost such an influential player and managed to achieve what they did. They did so, a lot of players after that. Though, they did. They did, particularly in January, of course, on that crazy deadline day. But they started the season really strongly to their credit. What was it, 14, 15 games before they first lost? I think it was 16. So they had a really good start. Fulham... I wasn't sure how they'd take under Marco Silva. Obviously, he'd been a bit hit and miss in his managerial career so far. But he'd got the players and, and he found a way to get something out of them. Obviously, Mitrovic's goals massively helped. I think the thing with Fulham, and I feel like this with Watford, every time they come down, I haven't got a clue what their team's going to look like. <laughs> because so many players leave. Like They start the season with this squad, with players that should be... But, but half of them don't play. And between the start of the, the, the season, like the first match day... And the end of the transfer window was probably four or five games in. About half of them leave, like, late in the window. So it's really hard to know what players are going to be in around. So, you know, people like um, Anguissa, for example, he would have walked the championship, 
we could have, and then he left just before the start of the the end of the window, but start of the season there. So it's that start of the window. But if the season um, started when the window shut, I think it would be easier to predict teams that come down, particularly like a Fulham and a Watford, who I feel like get all these foreign imports, and you haven't got a clue what the team's going to look like ultimately. Yeah, I totally agree. And with Fulham last summer, obviously they they had a big change in personnel, didn't they? A new manager came in, so it's always going to be hard to get an accurate reading at the end of July of what they were going to do. But you always felt with the quality that they'd already got, obviously Mitrovic, Wilson had come in, that you thought they could do something. But I just wasn't sure, in my opinion, how they were going to take under Silver and how quickly they were going to adapt to what he did. And obviously, they they stormed the Championship. We've never seen anything like it, in, certainly in terms of goals scored and such a rapid rate of goals from one player in Mitrovic. So... It was no real surprise that they found a way and I think all eyes will be on them now to see how they cope with the demand of the Premier League. They've really got to try and find a way now to become a stabilised Premier League club again because they have developed that yo-yo factor in recent years like West Brom were many, many years ago. So that's the that's the secret for, for Fulham. In terms of my other predictions up there, I mean, Sheffield United I had in fourth and I wrote that Slavisa Djukanovic knows the league inside out and few are better equipped than him to know this league. Excellent manager who tends to get his teams playing nice attacking football. New signs are needed, but he's got a decent base to work with. You didn't yeah. need to dob yourself in with that because you, you were only one place out and then you just dobbed yourself in because you got there in the, is end, the best you policy. Notes, notes didn't work, did they? Honesty is the best policy. But yeah, I was only one place out with that prediction, obviously thanks to a Paul Heckingbottom revival. So... Overall, I think three out of six for the top six. I, Obviously I want, not in the correct I'd, order. I'd like better for us. I'll take year. it. I think we should be getting four. I think the fact that I didn't get either of the top two disappoints me. I had Fulham and third, uh, third and fourth and the finish. I'll take, obviously, a 50% out of that. I shame I didn't get it quite in the right order, but I'll take it. So, yeah, I think... Four. I think four is the standard we need to be setting and I want one of the top two. I think that's my standard for next season. I need, I'll need tell to you, oh, I know, obviously, things are a long way off in the transfer window and things, but I genuinely could not predict you the full top six right now for next season. I, I wouldn't have a clue. I've got a few teams that I think will be up there, but... I think, I, honestly, out of the three that have come down, I would only consider Norwich as an absolute certainty. For a top six? Of, the, th- of the three. For a top six? At the, mo- at the moment, right, yeah. Agree. No, I agree. Because obviously the Burnley situation with Vincent Company just seems to be dragging on and on. Watford going to have a very different look to them. We've no idea what they'll look like come August. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But I think at the minute, obviously, I know we're not talking about next season. We're here to review this season. But I think Norwich at the three look the best best place to to build on something. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, In terms of the rest of my sort of top half, I had Stoke in seventh. This was the first year... I didn't predict Stoke City to finish in the playoffs. I only went one place out, and I'm glad because they still let me down and finished 14. What, what are you doing with that one next season? Um, again, I'm not putting. The, I refuse to put Stoke. I don't care if they sign Messi on a free transfer. Stoke are not going in the top six because they've let me down three seasons before this. I put them one place outside, and I'm glad I didn't put them in. Um, I had Luton in eighth. They finished sixth, so that were only two places out. I had seven predictions that were only two places out, which I don't think is horrific. Um, seven, well, two places or, or better. Uh, Millwall, I got bang on. I had them in ninth. They finished ninth. Nottingham Forest, I put tenth, which I, I sort of saw a season of steady progression under Chris Ewan. I don't think any of us can take blame for not knowing what was going to unfold with Forest. 
the, the horrific start, one point after seven games and then getting promoted in the playoffs. Um, Swansea, I had in 11th. They finished 15th. Now, Swansea, of course, got to the playoff final the year before and just, as we were recording, had just lost Steve Cooper. They hadn't got a manager at that point. So, and they lost, obviously, like, RU, Mark Gwehi, Woodman, etc. So, there were a lot of people that went over the top with Swansea and dragged them all the way down to even near the bottom. And I was trying to level that out and I wasn't that far off, four places off. And then Reading... Um, I had in 12th, they finished 21st. Now, obviously, we didn't know the points deduction they were going to get and the horrific injuries they were going to get. Probably should have had them a little bit lower. And I think next season, when I'm doing my predictions, I think I need to take into account off-field uncertainty, even if it's not in terms of like already having a points deduction like Derby did, but just like there was, there was still already murmurings at Reading. Birmingham for next season will be one that, that will definitely come into my consideration. Um, and other clubs where things just off the field aren't quite right because I think they can spill over quite quickly. And I probably didn't give that enough of a um, enough thought process. Where were you between sort of sixth and, and the top half? Well, seventh I got bang on. I went for Middlesbrough to finish in seventh. I had Cardiff City in eighth, so that wasn't a great one. They finished 10 places <laughs> lower in 18th. <laughs> <laughs> Luton out in ninth. So, not a million miles away, but obviously got into the top six. This is the best one. This is the one that you're going to laugh at most. I had Birmingham to finish in 10th. No, no. No, nobody will beat Tom. Tom predicted Oh, yeah, Birmingham pro- to automatic third. promotion. Oh, third. I can't remember if you he put them in no, second, he actually. He had them in third. <laughs> so, yeah, moving further down then. 11th, I went with Swansea. Same as you. Obviously, finished 15th. And obviously, at that point, We've got a few where we've gone sort of the same, which which gives me yeah. comfort at least. Like we went both went Fulham for third. We both had QPR in the top six. We both had sort of Luton and Millwall and teams like that in and around. Well, you didn't have Millwall actually, sorry, Luton and Stoke in and around there as well. Yeah, in twelfth I went for Blackburn. Obviously, I didn't really think Blackburn were going to do an awful lot this season. Just gone, I thought. Obviously, they've lost Adam Armstrong, Harvey Elliott had gone, and I just thought. They're not going to go up. They're not going to go down. I don't think Adam Armstrong so had them. gone, actually, at the point where he ordered the pod. I think he was still there. I can't remember. He was, he was still, no, he definitely he must was, have, he might was have been. still there. He'd not gone yet, but obviously it was very heavily rumoured he was going yeah. to He was actually still there, like Dan Juma, where we can't yeah. know who's going to go, but he was still there. But I think at that point, I, I wrote for Blackburn here, probably the steady eddies of the championship won't go up, won't go down. And obviously they had that really good run to put themselves in automatic promotion contention for a while and then they just faded away under Tony Mowbray towards the end of the season, didn't they? And uh. Retrospect, I think at the start of the season, though, had that run not have happened, any Blackburn would have supported would have accepted eighth quite happily. It was a, seen as a good finish overall, but obviously that playoff charge and that promotion charge kind of just obviously exceeded expectations, which is understandable with the run that they went on. And then lastly, just to drop down to 13th, um, might as well mention it, Nottingham Forest I had in 13th. Um, I actually wrote for that. With Chris Hewton in charge, I should be a lot more excited about Forest. However, their summer so far has been dismal. Really uninspiring activity in the transfer market. Squad lacks depth. And the likes of Graben, Taylor and Lolly need to step up. 13th might even be optimistic. To be fair, but I also said, oh, again, at that point, listening to that, I said that I was worried about where goals would come from with Forest. And yeah. Graben, I specifically said, as you have, Graben and Lolly have got to get back to their 
sort of pre-pandemic form. And obviously, we could not have foreseen what was coming. We had absolutely no idea, obviously, that Chris Hewton was going to start as badly as he did, get the sack. And then the rest was literally history, obviously, when Steve Cooper came in. So I think realistically, that was a fair prediction based, based on what we were judging at that time last year. So people might look back now and listen to it and think, what the hell were they on about? But let's be honest, at that stage, I think we were well within our right to, to give Forrest that sort of prediction. Mm, just on Blackburn, I had them in 17th, which was obviously nine off. And I actually saw a lot of people put for it, put Blackburn to go down in their sort of pre-season predictions because I was obviously very critical of Tony Mowbray the season before because I thought they massively underachieved with the squad they got, the depth they got, like Holtby still there, Downing, which I know aren't amazing players, but just to talk about the depth. Um, and obviously we didn't know where the goals were going to come from. Armstrong hadn't gone, but it looked like he was going to go. And we didn't know that these young players were going to get blooded and that they were going to, you know, people like John Buckley and Scott Wharton were going to have the breakthrough seasons that they had. Um, and, they, they, you know, Ben Burton-Diaz, of course, he, he hadn't scored 20 championship goals in his career, never mind getting 22 in the full season. So I had them in 17th and I, I still don't fit. If I took myself back there now, I would still put them lower mid. I would probably have them lower bottom half, so maybe between... 13th and 17th still. So, they're not one that I look back on and think, what was I thinking? No, I think they were fair fair predictions at the time. Mm. I wouldn't say they weren't at all. So, in terms of the bottom three, um, I had Derby to finish rock bottom. They finished 23rd. So, that, that was pretty accurate, but it did take a, a genius to work out that was going to go bad. And Blackpool to finish 16th. Uh, to finish 23rd, sorry, and they finished 16th. Now, this is one where I think I... I look back and wonder if I did enough research on Blackpool beforehand because although I did say in the pod defensively they will be um, they won't go down because of the defence because defensively they were pretty impressive under Neil Critchley in, in League One. My concern was where would the goals come from and they sort of scattered them around and I think probably players like CJ Hamilton um, Josh Bowler had never really cut it at championship level before this season uh, Keshi Anderson, those sort of players, I didn't know if they'd be able to hit between five to ten goals, and they sort of shared it around. Gary Medine, we'd never heard of Shane Lavery, of course, and I think I didn't expect all these players to sort of chip in five to ten goals each. I thought they might be one to five, and that's a big difference when you're spreading it across like eight players, for example. So I think that was where I was, and Blackpool didn't start well. It's worth remembering, you know, uh, they, they didn't have a good start to the season. 22nd, I had Hull City, who finished 19th in the end. Um, I said that I liked Grant McCann a lot, and obviously he did a very decent job there before getting replaced by Shotter Avaladzi. Um, my concern again was goals. Keen Lewis Potter was the only real source of goals for them, so that was a fair comment. Tom Eaves, Josh McGuinness, Malik Wilkes, through injury and also through getting sold in the case of McGuinness and just, just not good enough at championship level. So that was pretty accurate. Um, I think I just probably thought they would be a bit worse defensively than they ended up finishing out, which is why they stayed up. They didn't stay up by that much if you to get rid of the points deduction. So again, I can see where I was I was going with that. And then it goes up to Huddersfield in 21st, which I've touched on. Preston I had in 20th, and I think they would have finished about 20th if Frankie McAvoy had stayed in charge for the full season. So again, I'm happy with that. I, I, I've, I've genuinely think Preston would have been bottom lower bottom half if they kept McAvoy. I didn't like the appointment to start with. 
Um, I didn't think he would finish the season. I thought it was the wrong appointment and that was vindicated entirely. And then once Ryan Lowe came in, shot up the table. If Ryan Lowe had started the season at Preston, I would not have predicted him to finish 20th. I know that for a fact. So don't feel bad about that. Peter Bride in 19th, he finished 22nd. I got that one wrong a little bit. I overestimated Peter Bride's attacking qualities without a shadow of a doubt. I thought Clark Harris and Marriott and um, George Grant and Schmodix would, would contribute more. I knew they would leak goals, but I thought they'd score more and I thought they'd win more games at home. So that's where I went with that. I think Huddersfield, obviously, is the one that we, we got. I got badly wrong in there. And Blackpool. Blackpool's probably the one that I feel worst about and think I could have done better. Huddersfield, I don't, I don't feel that bad about it, even though I, it was it's the one that I got most wrong, 18 places out. But I still don't think it was a bad prediction at the time. I think Blackpool, I could have done more to predict that. I could have maybe done some more research on, on them. And again, Preston, I, I, I think they would have finished there if they'd not changed the manager. So I can only judge it on who they started the season with. So I don't feel that bad about most of my bottom six, really. Where did what were you at? Where did you go with your bottom six predictions? Well, the bottom three, same teams, same order. Uh, Darwin oh, bottom, exactly the same. Blackpool twenty third and Hull twenty second. So, yeah, we've been obviously left with Egonus faces over two of the three. Obviously, Hull survived reasonably comfortably in the end. Blackpool more than comfortable. But I think at the time, obviously, both sides had just come up from League One. Blackpool, obviously, had been away from the Championship for a long, long time. And you did wonder where the goals were going to come from. I remember us saying, quite honestly, that we thought of the three teams that go up Peterborough would have the least trouble in putting the ball in the back of the net. Obviously, they'd been smashing them in in League One with the likes of Johnson, Clark, Harris and co. But I just feared for, for Blackpool where the goals were going to come from. And the same, really, with Hull City, because you looked at their front line last summer and it was like, Tommy, Josh McGuinness, and you wondered if they got the credentials to step up in the championship. And obviously, they did find a way. And obviously, they weren't any sort of world beaters at any stage, but they did a solid enough job over the course of the season and survived by 14 points in the end. So they comfortably passed what they set out to do. Peterborough did actually score more goals than Hull. Yeah, they did. But obviously, defensively for Peter Rue, wasn't it? It was just an absolute shambles. <laughs> minus 44. It's unbelievable. When you look at that goal difference, look at the table now. Minus 44, Peterborough. Barnsley, minus 40. Derby, minus 8. So it's kind of testament, really, to what the hell Derby did. It was remarkable, really, to say they went down. But yeah, obviously, Peterborough were an absolute shambles at the back. They really were. And I had them to finish in 20th. So I actually backed them to finish above Huddersfield. That's got to be the worst prediction of the season. Well, I did as well. Of what I we did, that's got to be the worst thing we've come up with. Peterborough are going to finish above Huddersfield Town. One got relegated, another one missed out in the Championship playoff final. That went well. But yeah, in terms of moving further up, I had Peterborough in 20th. I'd got Coventry in 19th, which looking back now, I feel pretty ashamed about. They finished seven places above that in 12th. Now, I'm going to give you a bit of credit here because, I, again, I was listening back. You actually said some good things about Coventry that were bang on the money. And you, you did say, I think they could do better than this. I'm just being a bit reserved. So you did, in fairness, obviously you still put them in 18th, but you yeah. you, you did. 19th. You were looking up the table <laughs> rather than down it still. And yeah. So I'll but, give you a little bit of credit there. Oh, I'm accepting that then. It's not very often you give me credit, so I'll take that all day long. Mm. But no, I think realistically, 
Coventry, obviously, they, they'd had a decent first season back in the Championship the year before. And they were always going to look to make progress. But obviously, there was a lot of traffic in front of them. And let's be honest, at the start of last season, you would have you would have tipped the likes of Barnsley to finish above them based on what they'd achieved the season before. Swansea the same. I also have Bristol City ahead of them. So I think realistically, Coventry, even though they didn't massively exceed expectations, they still enjoyed a really successful season. And I, for one, think if they can strengthen in certain areas this summer, they could be real playoff contending next year because they did play some really good stuff at times. And obviously they were pretty much a tough nut to crack at home over the course of the season. They were really, really good. And they've got some good individuals there. So, and Mark Robbins has overseen a really good progressive period since he took charge. So I think they'll be certainly placed up a lot higher on my predictions next season. So that rounds up to 19th. Then I've just got Preston in 18th, Barnsley in 17th and Millwall in 16th. So Millwall, I was quite a way out with that one. Barnsley, obviously a disaster compared to what happened the year before. Preston, I was only five places out. So I'm not too disheartened by that, obviously. The change in management going for Ryan Lowe helped them push up the table. But yeah, so I think looking back out of 24 attempts, I got one bang on the money. Yeah, Disgraceful. I had, I had Coventry uh, next up who to finish 18th. They finished 12th. Blackburn, I've touched on 17th, finished 8th. Barnsley, now I just gave you some credit and now I'm going to take some away from you because... Go on then. This is a, a quote for the ages. George Smith, um, Barnsley... We know better now than to question their managerial choices. Marcus Schott yeah. comes in, has an absolute nightmare. Poya Asbagi comes in, did okay. Um, but yeah, that was that was certainly that didn't age. It well aged well, didn't it? No. Not well, let's well. be honest. To be fair, at the time, Valerie Ismail had come in from nowhere, done a decent job. Daniel Stendhal came in from nowhere. On the whole, did a pretty decent job. Obviously, the two this season, Struber not well. such a decent job. Gerhard Honestly, Struber it's hard to keep track of how many managers they've actually had. Yeah. I anyway, and they looks like Michael fourth. Duff's going in there. Let's see if we if they get promoted, he's still there. Probably that's by good, I don't know Christmas next there, year. We will see. They need some stability at Barnsley, desperately, and I think going for a British manager is certainly the way to bring it. Interesting change of tack, definitely. Fifteenth, uh, five Bristol City. They finished seventeenth. About right. I did say literally in the podcast, I think they'll finish. I had them between, 15th as well. I said that I think they'll finish anywhere between 13th and 17th, is what I said. So, bang in the. I had them 17th, they finish 15th, it's bang in the middle of that. Birmingham, another team I, I, where I think I should have taken into account off field issues a little bit more. I had them 14th, they finished 20th. Not as bad as you and Tom, but still <laughs> six places out. And Don't then, even put mine in the same category as his, mate. No. And then Cardiff, I had in 13th, they finished 18th. So I didn't quite get yeah. their struggles right. Well, I'd got Reading in 14th and Bristol City 15th to round off my uh, my complete table. I actually wrote for Bristol City under Nigel Pearce, you would expect better, but he barely set the world alight after going in there last season. Which was true, to a degree. What he have didn't... you made of their business so far? Naismith. Um, Impressive. Yeah. Impressive. I think the the addition of Kane Wilson's got potential. Mm. There were a lot of clubs interested in him, and obviously, fourteen assists at any level for a defender is impressive. Obviously, gets high up from wing back and things like that. So, I think he'll suit them, suit the system. Mark Sykes as well as another steady signing. So, I would expect Bristol City with a few more additions, depending if they keep hold of Vyman and Semenyo. 
I think they'll be looking to kick on next next season. And as I said a few weeks ago, I think there are so many teams that will be looking to aim higher next season. Obviously, they're not all going to be able to get into the top six, but I think there's certainly going to be several with aspirations. And when I say that, I look to the likes of, of Coventry. I would expect Swansea to improve under Russell Martin after a full pre-season under him. I would expect Bristol City to kick on. QPR, very interesting to see what happens with them now. Really hard to call, obviously going for a manager that's completely unknown in terms of being a first-team manager. And then I think you've got to look at the likes of Middlesbrough. They're going to want to get in there this time around. They'll be hot favourites. And then obviously you've got Sheffield United and Huddersfield and Luton that missed out this time. So it's going to be really interesting, as I said earlier on, next season, the promotion race. I think it's going to be the most wide open we've seen in years. It doesn't escape me that we predicted, we both predicted, no, sorry, you didn't. I predicted my top three were all relegated Premier League teams, West Brom, Sheffield United and Fulham were my top three. Um, I would be very shocked if that's the case when I yeah. make my predictions in July. I would be very surprised. I've got a question for you. Out of QPR, Blackpool, assuming it's Liam Rossini, Blackburn, assuming it's uh, John Dahl Thomason, uh, Burnley with Vincent Company, and who else has changed manager since the end of the season? I think that might be it. Who's got the best appointment? <sighs> It's really, really hard to say, isn't it? Because obviously Liam Rossini has never done it as a manager, but obviously working in tandem with Wayne Rooney, even though it ended relegation, did a decent job at Derby in the sense that they didn't go down without any sort of a fight. Thomason, I can't comment on if he goes into Blackburn. Don't really know much about him at all. Michael Beale, QPR the same. Vincent Company, obviously a leader of men when he was at City as a player, did an okay job as manager at Anderlecht. So, I think it's really hard, but I think I would go with Burnley, purely because I think they'll be in a stronger position to bring new faces in. I think they'll have a very different look to them, and that squad has needed shaking up for a while. It seems to me like Burnley have just had the same squad for the last five or six years, with the likes of Westwood, Jack Cork, and obviously several others have moved on already, like Ben Mee and Tarkovsky is going to go as well, so... They're going to have a, look, a different look to them, but I think a reset at the same time as a new manager is the perfect tonic for Burnley and it'll, it should stand them in good stead. So I wouldn't be surprised if they get company in pretty soon and start sitting down and planning for the summer ahead and what they want to do, the style that they want to play. I think they could do something, but at the same time, QPR, Blackburn, Blackpool, complete really unknown sort of thing. Obviously, we're seeing not unknown, but obviously as a manager he is. It's hard to it's hard to guess. We've seen appointments in the past where unknown managers have come in and completely taken the championship by storm, and there's others that have come in and completely failed. So you just don't know. It's really hard to guess. Ask me again, probably this time next month, another four or five weeks, and I think I might be able to give you a definitive answer because we will have seen more recruitment. Hopefully, Burnley and Blackburn have both got a manager in place by then. Hopefully, and uh, we'll see what happens. But I just think it's going to be a really interesting campaign next year. And as I say. Aside from probably Norwich, I don't think I could place a team that I think could be champions next year. Wouldn't rule out Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough. funnily enough you say that, but I think Norwich will enter it as favourites purely because even though they do need to make changes, they've got a damn good manager in place who knows the championship like the back of his hand in Dean Smith. I don't know who is the early favourite. Last time I looked at the odds, I think Watford were the favourites and I disagree with that. I would have Personally. to put on Norwich above them at this point in time. Winner, Watford, 
Watford at 13 to 2, then Norwich, then Middlesbrough, then Sheffield United, then West Brom, then Burnley. Swansea, interestingly, at 16 to 1. Burnley is quite a tempting price at 10 to 1. It is. I they get things Watford, right. I'll tell you that at 13 to 2. But if you were to say, if you were to, if you had to pick a complete outlier as a real shot kind of candidate to push for the top two, that like wouldn't spring to mind immediately. Who would you go for as your surprise package for the top two? QPR. Interesting. I think. Interesting one. Because I think they were a top six team for two thirds of last season, if not three quarters. And I think if Michael Beale is the coach that he's touted to be, he's obviously incredibly highly rated then perhaps he could develop some of those players and kick them on a level. I don't know if he will, but I'm trying to think what club is already at a... I think QPR are basically, on an average, are about a 5th to 8th place team. And if yeah, they've got this I, appointment bang on the money, that could elevate them. And that's that's what I'd go... That would be my guess outside of, obviously, like a Sheffield United, etc., that we're not allowed to go for, because I would say that, that doesn't qualify yeah. as an outside pick. I would say QPR, I think. You know, if Blackburn, if Blackburn, if this appointment is John uh, Dahl, Thomas and First Forest, which I believe it is, and they get some players in the door or Brereton Dales get sold nice and early and they can use that money to reinvest, I do think they could bridge the gap and maybe get in the playoffs, but it, it depends what the business is. They've got a lot of business to do. So I, I'm not, I'm not, down on Blackburn either but I think QPR would be my pick definitely because I think they they demonstrated I think they are a 5th to 8th place team Blackburn did I suppose really on the course of last season but I think there's a lot of upheaval, there's more upheaval going on at Blackburn than there is at QPR what about Mm. you? you? You might think I'm absolutely mad, well you do most of the time anyway so I might as well say it I'm going to go with Sunderland No, I can see Sunderland doing well I've really got a sneaky feeling that Sunderland could kind of storm their way through the league in terms of the fact that, yeah, they, they need business. They do need fresh blood. It's a championship standard, but they've got a damn good manager in place in Alex Neil, and he knows what it takes. He did the job at Norwich. He did a, a decent job at Preston overall. I know it didn't end in any sort of promotion, but he did a good job there. They're a big club historically. If they if they get things right on the pitch, the fans will only provide positive energy. They come to the same light in the thousands. They've got Ross Stewart, as long as they keep him. They've got a goal-getter there who will find the back of the net with ease if they give him the service. So I think if they can get a, get a few um, new recruits in, strengthen the defence, find a settled system pretty quickly, I think Sunderland could certainly have a go at the top six next season. I really do. In terms of other ones that I wouldn't... Say it's an impossible task. I wouldn't bet against Coventry either. I think they're going to really kick on next season. They had a good year this year. Mark Robbins has overseen a terrific job and they've improved year on year under him. So if they continue on that trend, they're only going to go in one direction. Um, Jokerez obviously had a really good season. Matty Godden chipped in with a few goals. Callum O'Hare's really stepped up as kind of one of the shining lights of the championship. So they've got good foundations in place to build something. So, I already think, even though we're only in mid-June, we're setting ourselves up for a very, very wide open and interesting promotion race next year. 
I bite your Sunderland shout. I'm not sure top six. I think top ten, top half. Yeah, definitely. That would still be an achievement for them, though. Oh, of course. I think staying in after the so many years stay, away. I think no matter how big a club you are, massive achievement. The, the first year you come up, you've got first primary objective is going to be staying. Of course. But no, I think in terms of away from the three that have come down, I think the thing, if I had to pick one that I was going to chuck 10 quid on, I think I'd have to go probably as like a championship title winner, excluding the three that have come down, I think I would put my money on Middlesbrough. Yeah, I would. If I had to pick one of them. I would as well. Because they'll get stronger and stronger than Chris Wilder. A good summer's worth of recruitment. Obviously, they've got a fair bit of work to do. Say they finish one place at the playoffs. Normally, when you think that, you don't think they've got a lot to do to just strengthen that a little bit. For me, they've got a hell of a lot of work to do. They need to strengthen up front massively. Need new goalkeeper as a priority. I think they need some more creativeness in midfield. It's a big summer for them. It really is. But if they get it right, we all know what Chris Wilder can do. Yeah, I think Borough and Norwich are my two early favourites at yeah. this point. Before I can see I'm... plenty of sense in that. I think they're the two. Just not so sure about Sheffield United, though. Not sure on them. It's so hard. There's so much left to be done. In exactly. We, it's impossible to fathom it out. But I think Norwich and Middlesbrough, if I had to say top two now, I think those two are probably the two I'd go for. I would agree with that. That would be yeah. my. Uh, that would also be my thoughts. I think that wraps us up, really. Unless there's uh, anything else you want to add on. This no, I don't think so. I think, I think so I got, probably, I got yeah. seven, seven within two places. I got one bang on. And my worst pick, as was yours, was Huddersfield to finish twenty third and finish third. Yeah, that was got uh, nine out as well, which was an absolute embarrassment. I'm also, to be fair, I'm also very embarrassed that I had Birmingham to finish in tenth. Yeah, I'm a bit embarrassed on your behalf. And Cardiff in eighth. I think there was so, more. Yeah, logic. I had about two more... or three absolute clangers. I, I think I've got two. I think there's more logic in me putting Blackburn seventeenth than there was in you putting Birmingham tenth. Most probably, but at least I didn't back them for promotion like somebody else. No, that's true. That that was embarrassing. And if he was here right now, we would have ribbed him to death for it. Right. So if you're listening, Tom, we're laughing at you. He's not here to tell the tale, sadly. Um, but yeah, that, that does round off this week's episode of the Championship Chat Podcast. If you do enjoy the pod, please make sure to subscribe in your usual podcast app and make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at ChampChatPod24. Really good giveaway going on at the moment, which goes live um, as the day we're recording. Doing another giveaway with uh, our friends at uh, Iconic Sporting Moments. So go and check that out on Twitter, giving away a, a nice A3 print that are really cool, really trendy um, and really well done. So you can win one of those for free. All you've got to do is follow us on Twitter and follow uh, Sporting Iconic Moment. Make sure you check that out on Twitter, free giveaway, and there'll be plenty more coming in that sort of direction across the season. And uh, make sure you share the podcast. It helps go a long way to helping us reach new listeners. And if you do enjoy the weekly pods, drop a retweet when the episodes go live. Do us a favour. And uh, you can support this podcast as well with our Ko-Fi page, contributing the cost of a cup of coffee towards our monthly overheads on a one-off basis. The link to donate is in our podcast description. If you do feel so inclined, we are going to take a little small break um, from the podcast over the summer now as uh, we, we wait for transfer activity and other things to go on. We're going to take a few weeks off. We will have a, a couple of special episodes coming out throughout the summer, a few interviews perhaps. Um, but yeah, a little short break for us, but we'll be back in July um, ready to kick off the new season and, and really start breaking down the early runners and riders. So 
looking forward to that. It's been a great season. Thank you to everyone that's helped with the growth. Um, over 4,000 followers on Twitter now, over 1,000 on Instagram as well. Weekly downloads are just going up and up. So thank you so much for your support across the course of the season. Myself and George really appreciate it. And hopefully we'll, we'll continue to go from strength to strength next season. Enjoy the football and uh, have a few laughs along the way. So thank you for your support. And we'll catch you again very soon for another episode of the Championship Chat Podcast. This is the Championship Chat Podcast, your home of news, views and debate from England's second tier.